Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brian Kane, your Mental Performance Mastery Coach here, and this is the Golf Mental Performance Mastery Podcast recorded live on the No Filter Network. Now, if you've not joined us yet on the No Filter Network, I want you to know that we are recording this live. This will be turned into a podcast. And I always like to start in the beginning by explaining if you're with us live on No Filter, you can participate live on the podcast by using our chat function, as well as hitting the knock button. And I can bring you into the podcast to talk about mental performance in golf. This is recorded live with video, but when we post it to our podcast, which will be uh, a separate feed, inside of the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. So if you go to the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery Podcast, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to your podcasts, and you just search for the ones that say Golf Mental Performance Mastery or Golf MPM, you'll be able to find these episodes with myself and Coach Trey Carpenter, who found out last minute he can't join us as he's got some other commitments that are pulling him. That's what happens when you're a Division One college golf coach. Last minute, sometimes things pop up. So no problem there. We're going to rock and roll. And again, if you want to join us, just come and hit the knock button and come on in or participate in the chat. And for our audience who's here with us live, if you would, in the chat, please just let me know about yourself, where you're calling in from, uh, if you're a golfer, if you're a golf coach, if you are, what level you're at, and let's rock and roll. Tonight, I want to talk about habits reflect the mission. You see, I've had the privilege to work with a lot of top golfers, a lot of top athletes outside of golf. And most recently, one of my golfers from Marquette University, where we got started, he's from England. His name is OJ Farrell. And he got an exemption to play in the Corn Ferry Tour this past weekend and uh, finished, made the cut, finished within the top 25 in his first Corn Ferry Tour event and super excited for OJ. And, you know, one of the things that uh, happened early in the pandemic is OJ w- was in England and, you know, obviously there's a lockdown over in Europe and he can't get back to the States and train or anything like that. So we, we jump on a Zoom call and he's like, hey, Kaner, what, what can I be doing? Courses are closed. I'm in a lockdown. What can I do? And I said, well, you know, when you're playing golf, you're going to you're going to play one hole 18 times over the course of four days. So, you know, 72 holes of golf. Here's what I want you to do. But I want you to literally get up in your house on a daily basis on a weekend when it's a Friday or a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like you would in tournament. And I want you to go through and visualize yourself playing the, playing the way you want to play. So like he would take a yardage book, let's say, of Augusta National. And he would look at the yardage book or look at the 18 birdies app on his phone. He'd go to the first tee on his phone and say, okay, here's the tee shot I want to hit. And he would stand back and he would visualize and he would see himself hitting that tee shot. Then he would look at the second shot, the approach shot. And he'd say, okay, I'm 185 yards out. Boom, green's here. Here's where I want to hit it. He'd step back and he'd kind of go through and imagine seeing that shot behind the ball. <sighs> Visualize the shot, see himself walking up into the play box, hitting that shot, and he would go through. And he would play 18 holes a day every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in his house in the pandemic. The other thing he would do to work on his focus is he would take concentration grids. And if you go to briancane.com slash grid, 
That is a training tool that you can use to develop better focus. When you go there, you'll see it's a grid that can be anywhere from five by five to 10 by 10 numbers, zero, zero, let's say up to 99 on a 10 by 10. And you can go through and you click off zero, 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 one, zero, two. It keeps track of your time and it's an exercise in focus. Well, you know, if you go zero, zero to 99, that can take you anywhere from three to 10 minutes. Well, you don't need that kind of focus in golf. You need that focus in MMA fighting five minutes. But what do you need in golf? You need about 40 seconds, maybe from the time you put your bag down and the shot starts and I enter my hourglass, my pre-shot routine, and I'm going through all my data gathering, wind, yardage, lie, et cetera. I decide on my club. I step behind the ball. I do what I call my TIF. You'll hear Phil Mickelson talk about this, not in this exact term, but this is what he talks about when he won uh, the, but the PGA championship, I think recently, right. Is he say, I ha- I saw my targets T I saw the image of the shot, the shot shape. I want to hit I, and I would feel what the swing would feel like before I would go hit the ball. T I F before every shot, you got to do TIF T I F target image feel. What's your target. What's the image of the shot shape you want to hit, see it clearly. And then what's the feel of the shot. And when you have those three things in play behind the ball, which we call your play box, right? Or I call the top part of this hourglass play box, funneling into my shot, funneling in TIF. I take my breath. I come in the center part of the hourglass, which is where I'm over the ball. And I will start a stopwatch from all here in the hourglass where they take that deep breath into the straight part of the hourglass. So they take that deep breath. They cross the commitment line. They come up over the ball. They do their routine. Ball strike is when the watch stops. The watch starts finishing the breath, stepping towards the ball. Watch stops on ball strike. And if you watch the best golfers, they will be within a, within a second, probably even less than that, probably within a quarter of a second or a half of a second. I give a second variance on every shot that they hit. I mean, every, every driver is going to be consistent with drivers and irons are consistent with irons, wedges and wedges, right? So what that does is that creates the routine. Funnel in, hit the shot, come out. Now that process that we're talking about concentration grids and focus training, that process, when I put my bag down and I run my routine, gathering, gathering information and data, like take that breath, cross the commitment line, hit the ball, evaluate the shot, put my club, clean my club, put my club away, unstrap the glove, pick up my bag and start walking. That's the shot. Shot's not over the ball. It begins before it begins. One of my favorite lines from my mentor, Dr. Ken Revisa. It begins before it begins. The shot starts here when I enter the hourglass and it ends when I'm picking up my bag and my glove is unstrapped and I'm going. So that process may take, let's say, 40 seconds to a minute. So what we did with OJ is we found a concentration grid that would give him about a really intense 40 second to one minute focus. I think it was like a six by six grid. And you can change those when you go to briancane.com slash C grid. You can adjust the size. So you find the one that takes you about one minute, 40 seconds to a minute to finish. And he would do one. And then he would take about three to five minutes like you would walking on a course. Then he would do another one. He'd take maybe two minutes. Then he would do another one. And he'd take a couple minutes and do another one. Then he might wait five minutes because they're going to the next hole. And he would, and it was a slow group in front of him. And he would do another one. So he not only was he visualizing himself playing at Augusta, he would go through and he would practice the intense focus that you need for 40 seconds to one minute with about three to five minutes between shots, let's say. And he would do that 65 to 70 times, Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, practicing focus, practicing coming in, coming out of the hourglass, come in, come out. So part of what has impressed me about OJ and the other golfers at Marquette University with their head coach, Stephen Bailey, 
is the emphasis on habit development because your habits reflect your mission. Look, don't tell me you want to be a great golfer. I work with a lot of college, a lot of high school, a lot of amateur golfers, a lot of golfers on the Corn Ferry Tour, some guys and gals on the PGA and LPGA, and they'll all say, oh, I want to win on the, on the biggest tour. And I'll say, wanting to win on the biggest tour and having a process in place that will allow you to win on the biggest tour are two completely different things. And to steal a line from my friend Jonathan Dismuke, who's the head coach of the University of Houston men's golf team, he would say, Kaner. The athletes to execute on what you're saying are training to be ninjas. He goes, the problem is most golfers will hear this and they're just messing around with swords. You listen to my podcast with Corbin Burns, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Call me immediately. He goes, dude, that's the difference between Corbin and most other, most golfers at the college level. He says, Corbin's training to be a ninja. He's doing what you're asking him to do. If you listen to that podcast with Corbin, it is literally him going through saying how he does everything in the 30 day athletes program, which you can pick up at briancane.com slash athletes. He goes, the problem is most college golfers think they're working hard and they're just messing around with swords. So let's not mess around with swords. Let's train to be damn ninjas. <laughs> and what I mean by that is let's create the habits that reflect our mission. So if you're listening to this right now, or if you're joining me live, what I want you to do is I want you to go into the app store on your phone and I want you to get the app called Habit Share. Now, for years, I promoted an app called Way of Life until I was educated by some friends of mine to say, hey man, Habit Share is better. So I checked it out and they were right. So if you get the app Habit Share, it's like a teal background with a white check mark. And when you go in there, you can create habits and then track whether you're doing them on a daily basis or not. Very similar to the app Way of Life that I promote in my athletes program and I've talked about at length on podcasts. But the nice part about Habit Share and where it's a game changer is I can add people as friends. What I mean by that is as a coach, okay, I have OJ Farrell, Brady Schnell, other golfers that I'm working with. I can go in here and look and see exactly what habits they're trying to develop. I can see how many days they're working on their wedges, how many days they're working on putting, how many days they're going through my 30-day athletes program. If they made their bet, if they called Success Hotline, whatever it is that they're trying to work on, they put it in habit share. They share it with me as a friend. I can then see live time what their stats are and how well they're performing. And why are habits important? Because look, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, one of the best-selling business books of all time, he said, if you want to be consistent over time, you have to be able to describe what you do as a process. Well, guess what your habits are and your checklist on a daily basis is? It is your process. So if you want to get elite results, you got to have an elite process. I think people understand that, but they don't do it. They don't do it because they don't know how. Well, I'm telling you how. I've seen it. I've seen it with UFC world champions. I've seen it with, with LPGA champions. I've seen it with players in their first tournament on a corn ferry, making a cut, finishing in the top 25. I've seen it with NCAA national champions, not just in golf. Your habits reflect your mission. So your goal after listening to this podcast is to download the habit share app. And guess what? Oh yeah, it's free. And then create your habits of what you want to do on a consistent basis and find an accountability partner, a friend that you can share it with. You want to share it with me? I'll help hold you accountable. There's a function in the app where you can just send a text message to somebody right there through the app to say, hey, Kevin, you haven't filled out your way of life or you haven't filled out your, your habit share in five days. Guess what? Let's get on it. Don't tell me you want to be great. Behave great. So you can add me as a friend. If you click into friend and add Brian at briancane.com, you can add me as a friend. I'll do my best to hold you accountable. I'll share with you what I'm tracking, my, my habits. You can hold me accountable because iron sharpens iron. Thank you, ironclad. 
high water raises all boats. And if you want to be a damn shark, don't swim with goldfish, man. You want to be a shark, swim with sharks. So by me inviting you, by listening to this podcast, to add me as a friend and me sharing with you all of the habits that I'm trying to create, you'll see I don't usually do better than 60% in a week. At least I haven't when I was riding as the Lone Ranger, not having a bunch of accountability partners. So my goal is to continue to get better. I want to go from 60 to 65, climb up towards 100. But you'll see I got a lot of goals in there I'm trying to accomplish. Let me lead, let me lead you my list. And then we're going to talk about habits because it might be your practice habits on the golf course. I shouldn't say it might be. It is your practice habits on the training range that reflect and show up on the golf course that ultimately will make, make you the golfer you want to be. Look, I'm getting a late, late start in golf. I didn't get my first set of clubs until I was 40 years old. I'm 42 at the time of this recording. I haven't even been playing for two years. I'm obsessed. I can't get enough. All I want to do is golf. I love it. I study it. I surround myself with people who are better than me, which is not hard when you're a 30 handicap, but I want to get better and I'm obsessed with it. And I, and I feel like if I can coach people on the mental game of golf, which you don't have to be a good golfer to coach people on the mental game of golf, right? The best hitters in baseball weren't the best coaches in baseball. So I want to make sure that if the coaches listen to this, I'm available to help you in your program. Hit me up with an email, brian at briancane.com, and let's get after this thing. Here's my habits I'm tracking. Number one was my body weight under 180. As a guy who used to be 240 pounds, I'm right now waiting today, 184. My goal is to live right underneath 180. That's when I'm feeling my best and operating, I think, with the most energy. So I'm going to get back there. I wear a whoop band, like you'll see guys wearing on the PGA Tour. They usually wear them on their wrist. I wear them on my bicep so because I don't like wearing two watches. I think it looks weird um, and feels weird. So my goal is 85% sleep score. I want to write my daily success journal. Here's how I write in my daily success journal. First thing I write down, what were three wins I had in the last 24 hours? Second thing I write down, what were three gratitudes I had? Next thing I write down, what do I need to start? What do I need to stop? What do I need to continue to allow me to be the best that I, version of myself? I then will take notes on Success Hotline. I'll take notes on The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. So that's part of my success journal. I also track that I call the hotline, that I read the stoic. I listen to an app, which if you're a golfer, I, I, you got to download this app. It's called Imagine Golf. Imagine Golf is like success hotline or optimize or golf. They break down golf books in, in short audio chunks. They take you through golf visualizations. They give you instruction around the mental game and they do, they break down interviews. For example, when Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship, they did an interview, a kind of breakdown of his interview. It's tremendous. Imagine golf. Check it out. The next one I track is 1% mobility that I do 1% of a day is 14 minutes and 24 seconds, which I learned from one of my friends, Kevin Guzzo and 14 minutes and 24 seconds is 1% of a day. I track that I do my 1% mobility that I do 14 minutes and 24 seconds of mobility that day. That I lift, that I do cardio, that I listen to a philosopher's note, which is a 20-minute audio book breakdown, like Cliff Notes, in an app called Optimize with Brian Johnson. If you don't have that yet, and you're, you're an avid listener of the Golf Mental Performance Mastery podcast, you've got to get into the Optimize app. Tremendous. I track that I do meditation, which I do with the Calm app. I track that I call my dad once a week. Did I make a social media post? Did I not have caffeine after 12? Which I'll tell you what, because I had this podcast today. Let me check that red because I had a fistful of caffeine afternoon to bring the juice today. Because if you're juiceful, you're useful. And if you're juiceless, you're useless. So then I tracked it. I play golf today. Did I do my recovery, which is, would be a cold tank, which would be a sauna, which would be like a, a stretching routine at night. Did I have quality time with my wife? Did I walk the dogs? 
Um, did I do a well better how on the week with my wife? We'll sit down and say, what do we do well this week as a couple? What do we want to do better? How are we going to do it? I do the same thing after my golf game. After play around 18, I'll journal. What did I do well? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? And I'll use my stats from the course that day to help me with that reflection. I'll also then write down, um, you know, I also then journal once a week that I have a scheduling meeting with my wife. That's been important. We'll sit down and we'll look at our schedules on Sunday and we say, what's the next two weeks look like so we can try to be on the same page. So those are the habits that I want to create. Now, it's a long list. I've been doing this for years. For you, understand this. It is the start that stops most people. Do not let the start stop you. Get the app. It's free. Create three things you want to track, three habits you want to develop. They can be habits you want to start, habits you want to stop, habits you want to continue. Add me as a friend. Let's hold each other accountable and let's close the gap from where we are to where we want to be. Your habits reflect your mission. Now, on that note, we're going to bring a couple people in here that have knocked, as you always can, on No Filter to join the show live. I'm going to bring in Nolan, who's coming in from Central Texas. He's a middle school golf coach. I'm bringing in Kevin, who's coming in from Michigan. He is a high school golf coach and athletic director. I know we got other people here joining us live in attendance. Looks like Uncle Rico. We got Mike. We got some others in here. If you want to join us live and come on into the show here on No Filter, just go ahead and hit the knock button. We'll bring you in. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Nolan, thanks for joining us. Nolan, how are you, man? I'm rocking it, baby. We're having a good summer break. Good, man. I don't know if you can turn your volume up on the mic there. A little bit hard to hear you. We want to make sure that the audio quality is good for the podcast so you can turn up your input volume. That'd be great. Nolan, are you with us? Yeah, check that. Yeah, that's much better. Maybe <laughs> a bit here. We'll get this dialed in. Right? Always some audio right, difficulties, test. which that's perfect right there. We don't edit this All podcast. Right. It's a one-take show, right? I don't have time to edit because I'm blowing and going on to the next thing when this is done. So, Nolan, talk to us about middle school golf. Man, how are you doing? How's your coaching going? Right. So, middle school golf is, you know, middle schoolers, you know, 11 to 13, 14-year-olds has been tough trying to get them to have the buy-in. But, Ultimately, like you guys were saying, or like you were saying earlier, you know, you got guys that are playing with swords or you guys that are trying to train to be ninjas. And in middle school, you might have one or two ninjas. And ultimately, I think the job is myself as a middle school teacher and coach is to be just consistent so that whenever they get to high school, those high school coaches can build off of, you know, vocabulary that I've used before to help them be successful at the high school level because uh, Belton ISD is typically one of the better golf teams in 5A, 6A in the state of Texas. So we got a middle school program to help them grow, and that's what we do. If it's a better school, if it's one of the top schools in 5A, 6A in Texas, we call that one of the better schools in the country. Let's call it what it is, the great state of Texas, one of the only states in the country that invests into athletics, not with words, but with actions. They have a thing called athletic period where you get what, maybe an hour to 90 minutes a day as a teacher with your athletes in the middle of the school day. And I was always, always impressed with the state of Texas because like I would work with Colleyville Heritage Baseball. They'd lift in the morning before school. Their first period was freshman, sophomore baseball. Second period was junior, senior baseball. And then they'd practice baseball after school. They're getting four hours of baseball instruction, one hour in the weight room, 90 minutes of class, another 90 minutes or so maybe after school. And guess what? They're out of there by 4.30. And I always, always was impressed with the commitment that Texas made to high school athletics and middle school athletics. And, you know, Nolan, two things you brought up I thought were so important. You said consistency and creating a language and terminology distant from the middle school to the high school. And as a former high school AD and as a mental performance coach that has the privilege to go around the country and work with some great schools like Kevin's school at St. Joseph's in Michigan, 
is that one of the consistencies that I've seen among the great programs is the alignment of terminology and language K through 12. And if you happen to be in a district where you are the varsity coach, if you are a varsity high school coach, you are not coaching varsity. You are coaching K through 12. If you're coaching K through 12, you have got to get all of the stakeholders, the coaches, the parents, the athletes, well, at least once a year, you got to try to get the whole district in a room and you got to try to educate them on your terminology and coach your coaches so that when these athletes get to you, they've heard the language. It's a consistent system and a structure around culture, around mental performance. Obviously, every golfer maybe has a golf coach they're working with from a swing standpoint, but how you attack course management, how you attack self-management, how you attack practice habits. I think is going to be critical. Um, you know, Nolan, I know you've been an NPM certified coach now for a while and, and been a really good soldier in the mental game and a grinder and someone who's super into it. What has been some of the success that you've had in coaching mental performance with middle school golf? What are some of the things that you found success with your athletes? Really, it's just seeing where they come from at the beginning to having no knowledge in sixth grade. And then at the end of their eighth grade year, when they're leaving out to go to high school, or they're, they're able to, to kind of rehash what, what I've said in sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade and communicate it. And so just seeing that growth has been the awesome success that I can share over these last three years doing it. Um, yeah. Love that. And they love the consistency, man. And I think that's one of the things like even, even seen it, you know, at the college level, the high school varsity level that coaches on the same staff aren't even on the same page. And I'm like, you're trying as a high school coach to get your coaches on the same page, K through 12. That's not easy. But if you want to build a program that's built to last, it's not built fast. And if you want to build a championship culture in your program, K through 12 and win forever, that's what it takes. And not a lot of people are willing to invest that. I get it. I get some coaches show up because they like golf. Some coaches show up because they want to build a championship, life-changing, transformational program, but that requires you going through K through 12. Not for everybody, not even necessary, but if you want to be legendary, that's what it takes. And Kevin Guzzo, you know, you see it also as a high school golf coach now who, who ironically, uh, in your first year as the high school, high school golf coach this year at St. Joseph High School in Michigan, had your son on the team. So what was it like, you know, Kevin, we've had you as a repeat guest, so I appreciate you joining us here. But, you know, you're an AD. What do you see from the importance of habits and habit creation, like with your coaches and all the different sports there, not just in your golf program, but the importance of habit training with their athletes? Yeah, I, I think consistency is the key. I think uh, what we try to do is you, you spoke about common language and we can only be as good as, as every program as I look at it as an AD. So we try and use the same language. Our middle school athletic director introduces some of the terminology that you've been talking about through the MPM program. We introduce that at the middle school level. We ask all coaches to use the same terminology so that as a multi-sport athlete, because we really push multi-sport athletes as they move from a fall sport to a winter sport to a spring sport, they're hearing the same thing over and over. Like win, what's important now? Next play mentality, flush it, take a deep breath. And what we found is sometimes we'll have some coaches who really buy in and then some coaches who don't and kids, they get confused quickly because they're like, well, how come it's important to one coach and how, how come it's not important to another? So that's been my job to make sure all coaches are speaking the same language so that our kids are getting a consistent message. No different than when a, let's say a college golf program brings me in I'm talking about culture, one shot at a time, process over outcome, controlling the things that you control. And then a week later, a coach flies off the handle about a result or isn't, isn't the living model of the culture that they're trying to establish. 
And all that does is confuse the athletes, but also I think cause a coach to maybe lose some of the respect of their players and their athletes. And, and that's the last thing I ever want to do when I go into work with a program is I only want to help the program. So in my time of doing this over the last two decades, I know we have a lot of mental performance coaches who are working in golf that will be listening to this is my time has shifted from working directly with the student athletes to working more with the coaching staff. It used to be probably 90% athletes, 10% coaching staff. And now it's at least 50-50, if not 60% staff, 40% athletes. Because I know as a mental performance consultant who's going into work with some of the top college golf programs in the nation, it doesn't matter what I do in those three days as much as it matters what I set those coaches up to do for the next three months to three years. And that's where I've, I've become very systematic, process-oriented in my delivery and in my coaching, thus creating the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, because I believe when you're trying to help someone else implement a system that you have created, which I, I don't even like saying I created it because it's kind of been created from a lot of other people. I've just put it all together in my own package, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's Ken Revisa, it's Bob Rotella, it's Rob Gilbert. It's a lot of coaches that have had the privilege to work in, in golf. You know, it's Trey Carpenter, it's Steve Bailey, it's Jonathan Dismuke, it's Ginger Brown from Mississippi State. It's Angie Larkin from TCU. It's these coaches I've had the privilege to be around and be able to kind of take what they've, what I've observed with them and what I've learned from working with their programs and put it all together kind of in a package going, hey, here's kind of what all of the best do. And I put it together in what I think makes sense. So when you're training someone else and trying to implement that system, I think you have to be really organized. Like when no one's saying, hey, you know, we're trying to get buy-in. I always go back to, well, let's look at the four stages of buy-in. In the four stages of buy-in are step one, it's not for me. Totally met with resistance. Step two is it's okay for others. Okay, I'll pay attention because I know these other people are doing it. Step three is I'll try it. Step four is I can't believe I did it any other way. And I'll share an example that just happened for me in the last 48 hours as a coach is um, I had a, I had an agent who works in Major League Baseball contact me and say, hey, I've got this, I've got this player and you know he, he needs to work with you and he needs a mental coach. Um, he's struggling. He's underachieving this year. Um, I'm trying to get him to call you. And I said, okay, he's in the it's not for me stage. He's in stage one. And I said, well, here's the Corbin Burns podcast. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Have him listen to this and see if he wants to get on a call afterwards. So I send, I send the agent, the Corbin Burns podcast. He sends it to the player, player who's also a pitcher, text him and goes, let me get on the phone with this guy. How quickly can we get him? I need this. So step two, it's okay for others. One of the best guys in baseball. Let me check it out. It'd be like if I sent you a podcast going, hey, um, I worked with Phil Mickelson and here's what he's talking about. And one of my best favorite podcasts, which if you're a golfer, golf coach, you must listen to is Phil Mickelson on the Ed Milet show talking about mental imagery. The best 45 minute podcast of the mental game I've ever heard a pro athlete talk about. And I hate to say that because it wasn't my podcast, but it's it's tremendous. And Phil Mickelson, Ed Milet, quite possibly the greatest podcast and imagery I've ever heard. So after this athlete goes, hey, I want to talk to this Brian guy. I've listened to this Corbin Burns podcast. I get on the phone with him. We break it down. I find out he had, he had done some work with Ken Revisit in the past. And all of a sudden, he gets the ball the next day, and he goes out. And in, in the two outings before, he was like point one inning, 2.1 inning. And he goes out and pitches six innings, gives up no runs, one hit, you know, a walk, two strikeouts, has a great outing, his best outing of the year. And it wasn't like I told him anything he didn't know. I reminded him of what he knew at one point in his career he was doing, and he had gotten distracted. He had forgotten. 
And that is the common theme, I think, for most of my work is that there's a lot of athletes that they've never been exposed to mental performance. So they don't know any different. But there's also a lot of athletes I work with that have been exposed to mental performance in the past. Maybe guys I worked with when they were in college who then, who then went on the tour or went out into pro baseball or whatever. And then when you talk to them, you just remind them. And it's almost, it looks like, it looks like a magic pill. It looks like a magic pill. It looks like an instant fix, but it's not because that, you know, they've actually been doing it for a long time. They just forgot that they've been doing it. So, um, you know, one of the downsides here, no filter. I can't mute people who are live in the room with me. So if I get a barking dog or something in the pad, in the background, which we did there, again, we are recording live. I just kick the person out and we'll bring him back in when the dog starts barking. But for now, let's wrap up today. We talked about habits reflecting the mission. We talked about using the habit share app. I shared with you using the optimize app with Brian Johnson. Also mentioned a podcast, one of my favorites of all time, especially in golf, Bill Mickelson on the Ed Milet show. Got to check that one out. Unbelievable. And also we had a uh, joined by Kevin Guzzo, high school golf coach joined by Nolan Hoskins, uh, middle school golf coach talked about the importance of consistency and creating a language and a terminology within your program. If you're looking to grow at K through 12, and if you're not, that's okay. Just make sure you have the same language and terminology in your program, nine through 12. Your college program, make sure you have all your coaches using that terminology. And I've worked with a college program, one of the top in the NCAA golf. They've had a new assistant coach every year for the last four years because their assistant coaches go get head jobs or bigger assistant jobs because they're really good. So what does that mean? That head coach every year has to train his new assistants in how they speak their language. And if that team was the Falcons, they'd be learning to speak Falconese. How we speak our language of our culture becomes a cornerstone of our habits. Our habits are not only what we do, our habits can be the language that we use consistently. And if you want to be a world champion golfer, if you want to give yourself the best chance for success, your habits reflect your mission. Thanks for joining us here on the Golf Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. Thanks to Nolan. Thanks to Kevin for joining us. If you would, please just go ahead and leave us a review. Always, always helpful if you leave us a review here on um, Spotify or Apple or wherever it is you listen to, to our podcast. And again, you can find all of the Golf Mental Performance Mastery podcasts inside of the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery podcast feed. Thanks for being with us until our next episode where hopefully Coach Carp is able to join us again. Don't count the days. Make the days count. Work your routine. Have that target. Have that image. Have that feel. Breathe and take it one shot at a time. Until next time, dominate the day. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to BrianKane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for. Check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches Certification, where we teach you about the mindset, routines, and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for. If you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast, head over to briankane.com and click on Athletes. Check out my 30 Days to Mental Performance Mastery for Athletes program, where I walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success. Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. Let's dominate the day.